welcome to a new storytelling podcast featuring both of us. And um, this week, the topic is... The hero in storytelling. And I think a typical hero we, we think about immediately is the superhero, which is often the protagonist in American comics. Yes, the superhero is, of course, um, the main sort of hero that immediately comes to mind. What makes a super? What's typical for a superhero? Well, obviously, superpowers is sort of the most typical thing, right? And on the whole, you know, usually there's one uh, element that they have that they are supernaturally yeah. good at. Sort of like the Flash is supernaturally fast, yeah, uh, or the Hulk is supernaturally strong. Of course, you have more specific and rather far-fetched superpowers as well. Like, uh, for example, Spider-Man. He got his superpower from uh, a spider bite. And he can shoot cobwebs from his wrists. Now, that's specific. That's very weirdly specific, yes. What's interesting about Spider-Man is sort of his superpower is not something that's inherent to him. He, sort right. of, he got it from an extraneous... Yeah. Uh, I wonder if he was even good at gym before he got bitten by that spider. I seem to remember that he was sort of a, a nerdy type who yeah, got right. picked last. And, uh, and by the way, I think the same is true for a lot of superheroes. I don't know much about Aquaman, but uh, the Hulk, I believe, is also right. the result of a, an experiment. True, and, mm. and I think it's every nerd's wet dream to be, to be a, a superhero in secret, right? I suppose so. That's uh, why all geeks have these uh, Flash or Superman pajamas. <laughs> and underwear right <laughs> yeah let's not talk about that you said you weren't going to mention my underwear no, actually i'm not a very big superhero guy i don't have any superhero underwear hmm. maybe for christmas yeah I, <laughs> I don't really need it to be honest <laughs> okay but, but of course um usually superheroes have one big superpower but there are exceptions right of course, you've got your all-in-one uh, superhero, the sort of the full option guy, the guy who <laughs> who delivers on every front. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, it's Superman. Yeah, super. It's Man. my all-time favorite uh, superhero because he's like it's like my favorite pizza. He has everything on it. Yeah, yeah. He's got your X-ray vision. He's got your flight. He's got your super strength. Your super hearing. Your super speed. And he can disguise himself supernaturally well just by wearing glasses. Yeah, that's that's his biggest power, I yeah. think. And wearing wax in his hair. <laughs> right. And then you have um, all these superheroes. They kind of have a quality that's more like an ability, right? But then you have these superheroes who kind of depend on technology as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, like, you know, Iron Man and Batman are sort of, I guess... The two that come to mind. Um, Their biggest superpowers, kind of that they're uh, supernaturally rich. I, I think. Yeah, rich and, and also very smart and good with technology, I guess. But yeah, they don't really have any special super ability, really. It's really all about the gadgets and the, what they do is sort of, especially Batman, still within the realm of possibility mm. to some extent. Right, right. Uh, another example of a guy who's got a super ability, but it's sort of enhanced with technology, I guess, would be Wolverine. Yeah, he would be like a, a hybrid, right? Uh, he has uh, the supernatural power of uh, healing, but then they experimented on him b because of that and put metal claws in him. Yeah, it's yeah. It's a bit like an Edward Scissorhands kind of tool to cut edges and throats all the same. Yeah. Well, as you may notice, we're not the biggest superhero expert. So if we get something wrong, uh, then Don't we, kill us, we apologize in advance. Don't send your super <laughs> but, robots. Yeah. We, I'll admit, I've never really read a superhero comic ever <gasps> in my whole life. Uh, we have a comic. No, I, I did read... I think Batman, um, a few of the graphic novels. Yeah, we do have a, a couple in the cupboard. We do? The cupboard, yeah. Ah, okay, I didn't know. I'll show them to you. I read The Killing Joke and The Long Halloween, I think. 
or only the killing joke and it doesn't matter uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway um my belief is that superheroes are sort of a modern continuation of mythological heroes figures like hercules and achilles especially hercules is like you know he is very clearly a superhero yeah it makes sense from the ancient days from yeah, the olden and, days and they still call modern superheroes legends so legends of dc and what have you yeah oh, and and thor is actually a mythological character right oh right <laughs> yes yeah it couldn't get more obvious than that thor obviously <laughs> yeah. who is both a mythical hero and a superhero so it's not like i i just had some amazing insight they needed by... <laughs> a superhero and they were like let's just take thor <laughs> Yeah, but what I have to say what I did um, think was quite original about the movie is that they made it so that Thor and Loki and Odin, you know, the whole pantheon, they're actually aliens. They are people from a, a different hmm. galaxy uh, or a diff different planet. And uh, they actually did visit the Earth. Uh, they did visit the ancient Scandinavian countries. And that's where the whole mythology of, of Thor and Odin, etc. supposedly came from in, in the context of, uh, of the movie, at least. I thought that was a nice way of making that work. Right, yeah. In, in any way, uh, superpowers, they come from magic or science or technology, or the characters are uh, born with it. Could be a side effect of the Earth-Sun, like in Superman's case. Yeah, um, well, if they're born with it, it's like the X-Men, then it's sort of, it's presented as sort of the next evolutionary step right, kind of thing. Right, and you, you get the discussion, is this a curse or is it a blessing? Yeah. Uh, but the, I've, I've never heard of a superhero where the power is just, oh yeah, he just happens to be super uh, gifted for no reason at all. Except, of course, Rey from the new Star Wars movies. <laughs> but let's not... Get into that. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get into that. Now the question is, okay, you've got your superheroes and have got all these abilities and that makes them cool. But is that what makes them heroes? Well, I would say it's not the essence of um, what makes them a hero. Because there are a number of villains that, that have superpowers too, right? And they are called supervillains. You've got Loki, you've got Doctor Doom, you've got the Green Goblin, you've got Mr. Freeze. Usually they also have a kind of theme going, like Mr. Freeze has the ice theme going. And Also, uh, we mentioned that um, superheroes are the protagonists of American comics. Yes, that's why we're not experts. <laughs> yeah, that's why we're not experts, obviously. But uh, in Belgian comics, um, the heroes are very different. Yes, there may be one instance uh, where American listeners or Canadian or UK listeners may be familiar with our uh, Belgian comics, and that is Tintin, because um, there was a movie made about seven, eight years ago right. by Steven Spielberg, and um, I thought it was a good adaptation, and it does show you more what typical Belgian comics are like. Right, I like the animation series as well. Yes, yes, that actually was better, maybe, yeah. even. It was closer to the actual tone of the comics, which was less action-y and more toned down. And, and we have more uh, similar comics. Uh, Tintin is a, a journalist, he's, a, he's very young. Uh, we also have this famous comic, uh, Suske and Wiske. Yes, that's probably the, the most popular one in Flanders. Yeah, it's, it's very Flemish, very Flemish. Yes, and very Antwerp specifically, yeah. Yeah, and it, it has all these kind of references to history. Um, yes. And it's also two young uh, kids, actually, the heroes. Yeah. Two young kids, their aunts. Um, They're not related, but they kind of have a, a brother and sister dynamic because uh, Suske has been adopted. Yes. Um, and then you have uh, Yomake, which is also a kid, very smart Also kid. a very, very popular series. Yeah. He has lots of friends. They all have different characteristics. Um, mm -hmm. And they solve 
problems, crimes together. Yes, and then there are other less lesser known ones like Pete Pinter and Bert Bibber. Uh, and, now, and now we're heading into territory where, you know, no one outside of Belgium will know them. But um, what I notice is there are a bunch of elements uh, that are very common in, in Belgian comics. And that is, you've got a main character who is usually, well, how would you describe them? I would say they are pretty smart and, yeah. and usually young. Yes. They're courageous, uh, virtuous. Uh, it's usually children, actually. Yeah, yeah, very young children or, or very young adults. And um, I think it's usually the sidekicks, the, the friends, uh, the helpers of these main characters that uh, have the quote-unquote yeah. superpowers. They're the ones with the real abilities. Yeah. Um, that's true. It's more ordinary people surrounded by people who are more extraordinary. And there are various types that always come back, that, that are always there in every series, especially the professor. You know, every Belgian comic book series has a professor who is sort of a supporting character who helps the, the main characters. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's, they are always extremely intelligent. Um, somewhat overambitious and um, reckless <laughs> and absent-minded. And they always uh, come up with these crazy inventions that cause a lot of problems. It's that, that, that's basically, it's a theme that returns in Suska and Whisker, in Yomaka. Or they know. build time machines. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That, that, it's Suska and Whisker, especially there's a lot of time traveling involved. A lot of the issues are about going back to... I don't know, the Hundred Year War or something, and um, playing a small part in in, uh, in the unfolding of history. Right. And you, you usually have a strong man too. Now that's very interesting. Um, in Suske and Wiske particularly, you've got a character called Jerome, and he's super strong. He's unstoppable. And of course, the problem with that is uh, when you've got a guy like that on your team... Nobody can stand against him, so tension is usually out of the window. Yeah, that's probably why he's not the main character. <laughs> uh, very often the uh, issue, the story begins with Jerome having to go on a holiday or or, <laughs> or, or to a boring congress or something so that you know he's not present for most of the story until they need a deus ex machina at the end. <laughs> Okay, so, so what was the point we were trying to make with this? Um, I guess that um, the hero of the story is is not always the one with the superpowers. Yes, that was the point. And so the uh, superpowers don't make a hero. Indeed, it's, uh, that's the, uh, the point that we were getting at. Um, powers are not what make a hero. And you have to see that within the context of, of the, the setting, because a good example would be Harry Potter. Uh, Harry Potter is, you know, he's magically gifted and if you would put him in an ordinary context he would jump out as a, a superpower type character. But within the context of the sort of magical world of Hogwarts, yeah. he's actually quite ordinary in his abilities. He's not a great wizard. He's not right. very good at, he's, at magic. He's gifted. He's very gifted. But He's just decent. But everyone's a yeah. wizard. Then. Everyone's a wizard. He's just a decent wizard, not and a great one. And when it comes one. to brains, uh, his sidekick, uh, his friend Hermione is, is way better than he is. Yes. Hermione, yeah. So the thing is, I think Harry Potter is a good example of a guy who himself is fairly ordinary he's kind of an everyman character and he's surrounded by characters who are extraordinary in their abilities yeah they're gifted except for ron what's his gift actually <clears throat> yeah he's he's fun to hang out with that's yeah. his superpower yeah he makes all the the perils and dangers less terrible <laughs> i guess yeah <laughs> i like him as a character i think everybody does yeah to come back to superheroes a bit, um, even even when you look at Batman, um, let's just forget about Robin for a moment, but very often Batman is presented as a kind of loner character, all part of this dark Avenger feel that they want to, they want to give. But actually Batman doesn't really work alone. I mean, he's got people helping him out, people who've got 
his back like Commissioner Gordon, Lucius Fox, and of course Alfred, his butler. Um, so even Batman is not, uh, you know, this one unstoppable Übermensch yeah. who, you know, defeats I, I everything on his own. I think he wants the loner image to scare enemies off, I guess. Yeah, I get that, and and I agree with that, and that's why I think that uh, Robin is is just a mistake. <laughs> he kind of ruins Batman's whole <laughs> whole cool image, actually. But but I do like that he's got people on you know behind the scenes helping. Well, him he's got to retire sometime. Yeah, well, they did that well in the Christopher Nolan uh, films, where they ended with uh, the idea of Robin sort of taking over from Batman. Yeah, so a hero can be a loner or work in a group, or there can be an, a heroic duo. They do that a lot too, uh, heroic duos. Yes. That's kind of uh, been a, a staple of uh, of our stories in a way. I think. In Now that, that you mentioned. Yeah, in that when you look at the Will of the Woods, you look at Witch Hunter. Yeah, you got Marilia and the Wraith. Yeah, Marilia and the Wraith. They're to they're Good on. Love and Samina. Yeah. Is it a coincidence that it's always a man and a woman? No, um, because I like that dynamic of having a male and a female character. Who depend on each other and who who trust each other, but they're not necessarily in love. Um, right, that's what I liked about Witch Hunter. That it's not necessarily about these uh, hot and steamy love tensions, because you you get a lot of that uh, nowadays anyway. So hot and steamy love tensions, yeah. <laughs> I mean, in books. I got that all the time. <laughs> No, I heard that, for example, this uh, werebear, werewolf fiction yeah, thing. Well, it's all I, about... It's all I about hope we are not <laughs> in the same category as those guys. <laughs> well, I think there's enough of that anyway. Yeah. If, you, if you just um, put it in, well, the, in the search engine of Amazon, I think you'll find enough There's of that. this director, um, what's his name? I think Peter Weir... Um, Peter Weir has made Dead Poets Society and he's made the movie Master and Commander. Yeah, right. And um, sort of a, a, a typical element of his work is that they are stories about um, a setting that is very enclosed. The characters can't really get in or get out of that environment where it takes place. And they are all male. Um, so in Master and Commander, you've got a bunch of sailors on a, on a ship. Mm-hmm. In Dead Poet Society, it's this uh, grammar school, an all-male boys' school. And I think that's sort of part of... That creates a unique feeling. You know, right. but by, by, simply by the fact that there are no women in the story and that there's, they, the men don't have any contact with them. But they do miss that. That on itself... I guess a prison movie is, could, could, is yeah. like that too. That creates a, a, a unique kind of feel. And in the same way, I think a story where you have a male and a female heroine mm-hmm. who, uh, who have a, a deep bond, but they are not a couple, um, I think that creates for a unique sort of feel, a unique dynamic also. Right. And in the same way, Peter Weir uh, sort of is fascinated by yeah. the all-guys club. I'm kind of fascinated by that. Yeah, I loved Scully and Muller. Yes, yeah. I think Good example. Th- there was this romantic tension there, but I think the the fact that the tension was there but they didn't really resolve it right away, that was the good part of the series that you just had this this male female dynamic all the time. And also these characters who are very different in in the way they they perceive um, reality. Yeah, exactly. Now, <clears throat> that doesn't mean, of course, that every story has to be like that. But um... No, but I, I think that's, that's perhaps what makes uh, the Samina-Ludlov dynamic interesting as well, because Samina is, well, she's a witch and he's a witch hunter, so that... So that kind of doesn't mix... Yeah. That's, again, a whole side note, because we were talking about what makes a hero. Yeah, right. Um, so what makes a hero... Um, Is it your inherent uh, qualities or is it just what you do? I would say it's more acts of heroism. Yeah, a hero is defined by the fact that he does heroic things, which which I think 
come really just comes down to one thing saving people a right. hero saves people yeah it's that simple it's the it's not who i am underneath but what i do that defines me ethic right wait you could die at least tell me your name It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Bruce? Uh, yeah, I, I don't entirely agree with that, because um, you are not what you do. You are who you are, but... Um, Sometimes you do pretty stupid things that are not... that you don't want to make part of who you are, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Luckily, you are not what you do. Because if that were true, then uh, the the lady who cleans the toilets would be actually inferior to someone uh, who does something really important. Yeah, and 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 that's not true. They are both of equal value. Um, so you are not what you do. But I I will I would say that what makes you heroic is of course what you do and not uh, what you say or how you think uh, mm -hmm. but what you do and uh, I think a real hero uh, is someone who does something that saves people in some way so he's kind of a savior a hero is a savior always I, I don't think there's any exception you might say um, I mean some kind of uh, conqueror for example yeah. some people might look at that as a hero but I wouldn't. I don't think Alexander the Great was a hero, for example. Uh, I don't think Napoleon was a hero or Julius Caesar. Uh, a real hero is someone who saves people. Really just comes down to that. So he saves either the world or, or just a loved one. He's, he's a savior in any way. Yeah, it doesn't matter whether he saves one person or, or seven billion people or the entire universe full of millions of planets of creatures and <laughs> it doesn't matter <laughs> but i think the way uh he does it is important too and his motivations behind it right yes that's very true because um if you defeat the bad guy only to become the next bad guy then well you're not a hero no obviously then you're just the next bad guy but you can uh you can be a hero through uh fighting evil right um there are many examples of that but it's not necessary. Like, for example, uh, I would say... But if fighting evil comes down to saving people. Right. But, I mean, it doesn't necessarily ask of the hero to take up a sword and, and kill enemies. Um, for example, the, the protagonist in Hexall Rich, um, he did not want to kill any enemy. Mm -hmm. And he decided to um, not fight in the war, but mm -hmm. to participate just by... Uh, saving mm -hmm. the wounded, the injured um, men, and he actually made a very big difference. Yes, and the very fact that he's got this strict moral code that he stays true to till the end shows his inner virtue, and that makes him more heroic. I don't mean by that that um, the other guys who do f fire guns are less heroic or anything. That's not what I mean. But I, I mean that the, um, th that the fact that he stays true mm -hmm. to his principles, despite everything, despite horrible danger, um, that, makes, that makes him heroic. Right, and, and he proves that you don't need to kill your enemy in order to become a hero. No, I think a real hero proves his heroism. By overcoming obstacles, overcoming adversity, and remaining courageous, remaining determined. Yeah. It kind of supports your uh, theory that a hero should be a savior, because he does save people, quite literally. Yeah, indeed. And you don't need to be the coolest guy, you don't need to have superpowers. For example... Well, uh, I think Frodo is, uh, is a nice example of, of a, a hero who... He's just a hobbit. Yes. And, and I think... He's not even a particularly strong, smart or special hobbit. Right, and I think that's exactly Tolkien's point. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in both The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, 
he takes this hobbit as a courageous hero of the story and he he emphasizes that hobbits are just these ordinary folk uh, ordinary creatures um, who like a good meal and who like reading a good book and the comforts of their home nothing special actually that's ma- that's what makes them relatable is the fact that they like the comforts of their homes they are you know most people are like hobbits except for the courageous uh, he- heroic part <laughs> which is and precisely for that reason it's so relatable and it's something that that you can really admire more than some super gifted guy you know there's um a lot of talk these days about strong female characters have you heard of that <laughs> oh yeah have i heard of it i have heard of it yeah it's it's sort of become a cliche i think um to talk about that and make that a whole thing but uh, i just wanted to mention that a very good example of this would be my favorite strong female character and in, i think even the strongest female character that i've come across in fiction would be mrs brisby from the secret of nim For uh, those who don't know that movie, it's an animated movie by Don Bluth. Mrs. Brisby is a little mouse, and um, she's a mom, and she has she has kids. She's a widow also, and one of her children is very very sick, and um, a very big danger is coming to her house, so she has to move her children, but she can't move her little boy because. Because he's sick. Yeah, he has pneumonia. Yeah. And in order to to solve that problem, she goes through some extremely uh, dark and unpleasant and and dangerous things. She shows extraordinary courage. And throughout the whole story, she remains very, very humble. She's not interested in the slightest in recognition or, Or or, or being honored or gaining anything the only thing she cares about is saving her children and i thought that was very touching about that movie and it was very powerful and i i see that and i think now there's a strong female character not yeah, ray from star wars i agree but mrs brisby yeah i agree yeah um yeah and and people have argued that ray is kind of a mary sue that's perhaps a matter for another episode and, and, and I agree, uh, I think it's not really credible that after all these heroes in Star Wars that we've in- encountered who've had uh, lots of training and who have grown a lot since they first uh, started thinking about becoming a Jedi and actually defeating evil. And Rey is like, she's there, she doesn't even need training and she can do everything without any growth, without any arc of growth in her character. And that's yeah, and for that reason, nothing she does really comes across as very heroic. Because right. she's never... You don't really get the feeling that she has much to fear. And a yeah. real hero is someone who has to face something that you know you wouldn't want to, f- want to face, but they go through with it anyway. Because their love for the people they want to save is greater than their fear for their own fate. Exactly. And I would say that brings us to the idea that you need an amount of, of sacrifice in order to be an ultimate hero. You, you offer something up. Um, if you see true heroes, then uh, <laughs> I automatically think of these uh, typical scenes in movies, these uh, montage scenes. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hero is kind of training for the big battle, the big yeah. encounter. And you can see that it's not it's not easy. They kind of suffer. It takes time for them to, to grow into that hero. Yes. So they, they, they always give up something about something of themselves. Uh, they sacrifice things. Yeah, and if it's easy, 
it doesn't register as heroic. And that's universal. That's universal. Nobody is impressed by a guy who's got incredible superpowers and who's not challenged by anything. Who's got nothing to fear, nothing to... He just wins every fight. You know, the, the Mary Stew type character. No, yeah. That's not... Nobody feels that that's particularly heroic. No, uh, right, yeah. That's my point. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Um, I think the, the ultimate hero for me would be Frodo. And um, if he doesn't sacrifice anything, I don't know who does. <laughs> if you see his little face by the end of the of the movie, he's, yeah. he's broken. He just cannot go on anymore. He's, he's given yes. everything of himself just to save, to save everyone else. That's yes. Very so, touching. indeed, I guess the ultimate hero would be someone who saves the whole world through self-sacrifice. Through sacrifice, yeah. And, and uh, in a way, Bilbo does that too. Um, he, he sacrifices uh, things like his, um, his reputation. He, His he, friendship with Thorin, he, he endangers that. Sometimes it, uh, it's necessary for a hero to make smart or uh, strategic decisions as well. And I think that's what Bilbo does. He, he, um, he makes this decision to give the Arkenstone to the elves. And he endangers his friendship with Thorin for that. But and I, I, Actually, I think in, in the movie, you kind of get to see Thorin being in such a state that you feel that Bilbo might even be endangering his life by um, yeah, by exactly. giving the stone away. Exactly, but he thinks the safety of the other dwarves is much more important and, and also avoiding a big battle. And, and, and actually what he was thinking about is saving lots of lives. Um, the other dwarves, the, the elves... Um, yeah, and the people from Lake Town. Uh, yeah. Not the orcs, though. They can die. They suck. But that all of this, of course, doesn't mean that uh, having superpowers makes makes a character less heroic. That's not what I meant, by the way. Uh, you can ha- be, have a hero who is extremely powerful, like Superman, but who is also heroic. But he, the, 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 the thing is that Superman is challenged, you know? Yeah. He's just he's challenged morally more in and rather than that's what I really love about uh, Superman as a superhero. It's not his superpowers that make him a hero. It's his decent upbringing in a way, because he has all these powers and he could easily use them for selfish purposes or, or something else. But he's a very decent guy. He never kills anyone. It's, I, I love the fact that in, in Superman, it's because his parents are these ordinary people from Kansas that he's such a good guy. And that is actually, that's actually emphasized in pretty much every version of Superman that I've ever uh, seen. Right. But what I did uh, think was kind of sad in Man of Steel, what, what really didn't work for me, was uh, that... <laughs> First and foremost, the the biggest supervillain in in uh, in Superman history turns up Zod in the first movie. And yeah, I also feel that they should have they should have perhaps made a trilogy and made Zod the villain in the third one because he's he's the ultimate right. Superman villain. But not only that, but he spoiler alert uh, he he defeats the ultimate villain by killing him. And probably killing lots of other people while crashing into skyscrapers during the fight. That was about yeah. 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I... Actually, I thought it was a bit funny uh, after a while. It, it almost looked as if Superman was intentionally destroying uh, things and endangering people's lives. <laughs> yeah, uh, he had a Michael Bay moment yeah. there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, hmm, now I've got the chance to go all out. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> No, I, I agree. Um, that was a problem for me also in Man of Steel. Uh, Superman is a very hard character to to do, uh, very, to I tell agree, stories yeah. about, because because he's so almost 
unlimited in his uh, power. And uh, using Kryptonite to, to block his power is, of course, that gets old very quickly. So to keep it fresh, I think the best way to do that is to put Superman, to have Superman face moral difficulties and, and personal difficulties and personal stakes. Right. Um, but Superman, he does know about sacrifice. Um, he's virtuous. He's not, not selfish. He's... Uh, not aggressive and he doesn't well except for some versions of superman he doesn't he doesn't cause any victims or collateral yeah well at least he tries to avoid it yeah. you would say yeah yeah but he didn't even try in man of steel <laughs> man of steel no he really went he was all really out. having lots of fun he was having a field day yeah <laughs> Yeah, I, I haven't windows. seen I haven't seen any of the other uh, movies with the new Superman. I haven't seen um, Batman versus Superman or Justice League. I haven't seen any of that stuff. Me neither. I kind of was I was really disappointed with the movie, so that's probably why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I I guess Smallville did a lot of things very well, and Lewis and Clark did a lot of things very well. What they did well, I think, was the the tongue-in-cheek humor. The, I mean, Superman is a character who dresses up as a journalist just by putting on glasses. <laughs> Nobody ever recognizes him. That's that's a funny element, and I, I don't think you can take that too seriously. And I no. think the, the problem with lots of superhero movies is that they want to create this very serious movie about this dark, conflicted character. And actually, comics work with types and supervillains. And They're called comics. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm exactly. with you there. But I, I think this is sort of a thing. Um, a lot of people say that the dark and brooding and, 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 and semi-philosophical stuff, that's really more of a DC um, approach. Right. And Marvel takes the approach of more escapist fun. With their movies, at least. Well, I I really liked um, Batman Begins. It was kind of serious. Um, I, I just really liked the atmosphere and the, the whole background story about um, about Bruce Wayne becoming Batman. <gasps> Spoiler alert! Bruce <gasps> Wayne actually Bruce becomes Wayne Batman. Bruce Wayne is Batman? Yeah. <laughs> okay, no. Um, I think Batman Begins is my favorite superhero movie. I really loved it. To me, it gets everything right. I don't have any issues with it. Uh, I think it's a great movie overall. I've a lot of issues with The Dark Knight, which I think is the most overrated movie of all time. And I also think that The Dark Knight Rises has the same issues, pretty much. Well, I think The Dark Knight Rises, it kind of fixed some problems that I had with The Dark Knight. So yeah, that it's, but it's then good that it was it there. Had, it had other problems of its own. So It's, it's good that it was there eventually yeah I, i'm glad i saw the three of them but. yeah for me they could have just stopped at batman begins it, it, that one was was just right and it it was all we needed really oh, it's my um, favorite too i think um, it doesn't matter what our favorites are what our opinion is it just we were talking about heroes and um batman is a hero because he's virtuous and he he sacrifices yes. himself now, much as I do have issues with the movie The Dark Knight, uh, I do think that they did that well in the movie, which was sort of explore uh, the, the heroism of Batman by putting him in front of some very difficult moral issues with, um, you know, he's got so many reasons to kill the Joker, but he doesn't because Batman doesn't kill. And that made it interesting. Uh, that was good about it. You just couldn't let me go, could you? This is what happens when an unstoppable force meets an immovable object. You truly are incorruptible, aren't you? Huh? You won't kill me out of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness. And I won't kill you. Because you're just too much fun. <laughs> I think you and I are destined to do this forever. I just, I just didn't think it was all that credible 
that he he wants to put his reputation at stake in order to save the bad guy's reputation. They were really Oh, you you're talking about the two-face thing. Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm afraid I'm going to spoil now. Everyone's seen Dark Knight, right? Everybody's seen The Dark Knight. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I didn't think that was really credible. I didn't like the ending of The Dark Knight. And I think uh, the fact that he actually... Um, well, I agree. The ending just doesn't make sense. I mean, yeah. why why wouldn't he just blame... The Joker. Blame the, yeah, why wouldn't he just blame the Joker? I mean, he's an insane... In, in an indirect way, the Joker is actually to blame. Uh, Batman is not to blame at all. I, it, to me, it comes across as... As if Bruce Wayne actually he just is looking for an excuse to stop being Batman. <laughs> right. And he says, oh, yeah, just say Batman did it. And No, I'm the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, was, it didn't make sense. But he kind of admitted uh, that it was a very stupid decision in The Dark Knight Rises. And that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And, it, and that's why it kind of fixed it for me. Yeah. There, there, there were a bunch of things that I did like in 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 both uh, Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, hmm. but there are many other things that I that, that I did have issues. I with. really loved the boat scene in the Dark Knight. Yeah, that was nice. So, so what can we actually conclude from from uh, our talk here? What we can conclude is that what makes a hero a hero is virtue. A hero is virtuous. A okay. hero does the right thing. And the hero saves people. And the more virtuous you are, mm-hmm. and the more you're all about saving people, the more of a hero you are. And so um, that's probably why a protagonist is not necessarily a hero, right? Because a protagonist can be morally confused or conflicted. But if he doesn't ultimately make the right decision or the right choice, he's not a hero. Exactly. Um Plenty of, plenty of examples. Uh, Doctor Frankenstein is not a hero at all. In fact, he's a very flawed character, indeed. Yeah. Um, but he's the protagonist of the novel, right? Uh, you could say maybe the monster is, but the monster isn't a hero either. So, um, lots of examples uh, like that. Of course, in Greek mythology, you have the the, the whole thing of the the tragic hero. Mm. I don't really see the tragic hero as a hero. I see I see it as a, a a very capable character with a tragic story, <laughs> a, cap- big, uh, a tragic protagonist, really. And big hero potential. Yeah, <laughs> big hero potential, but then they waste it. Take for example Anakin Skywalker in the Star Wars prequels. I don't think of him as a hero. He's uh, very much uh, a a Greek tra- tragedy. Right. Hero type, but that's not. I wouldn't call that a hero. I would call it a protagonist. Right, but he could have been a great hero. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the the tragedy of it all. Yeah. And also, a, a heroic story can start off as a quest for revenge. Too. That of course. They, yeah. They often do that, right? But as long as the the hero, a true hero, would ultimately need to change that yeah. motiv- motivation. Of course. Very often movies uh, books whatever stories start with the main character not being heroic and then becoming heroic (laughs) take the last samurai for example tom cruise he's a very pathetic character in the beginning and then he becomes a hero Uh, same is true in avatar same (laughs) is true in dances with wolves right which is just avatar in the wild west i mean let's be honest (laughs) (laughs) uh you know i was i was actually thinking about um cliches and romantic comedies where the the protagonist um i will leave aside if he's a hero or not maybe a romantic hero or something but he usually starts off um with a, a bet or something um that he he can get this girl in his bed right but then he really uh, starts yeah. getting At feelings first for her. it was just an experiment, but yeah. then I really fell in love with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's a typical, yeah. that's a cliche, right? That's yeah, and it, that's in Avatar too. It's exactly the same in the movie <laughs> Avatar, yeah. All right. Look, at first, it was just orders. And then it, everything changed. 
I fell in love. I fell in love with the with the forest and with the and with the Kaya people. I'm with you. With I trusted you. you. With you. I trusted you. Trust me now, please. Look out! I had to think about that because um, then you get the cliches, the I trusted you scene, where she discovers uh. that it he didn't really love her from the start but i it was hate actually the, i all, trusted you see it was all a game where it was all a bet and uh, oh yeah and then there's the whole moping montage yeah and then he he has to prove himself yeah and worthy then, he, of her. then he has to chase her in an airport get on his knees and do this whole speech and she gets teary-eyed and then that's the end yeah so so if he really Every romantic makes, comedy ever if he really makes a big enough sacrifice, then we could argue that he's a romantic hero. Yeah, you know, you see, it's not easy being a hero because you really do have to be selfless. You really have to prove that you're not in it for personal gain in order to really be a hero, I think. So, does a hero have incredible abilities? I would say sometimes, but not necessarily. But, but the word hero is often used to describe someone with amazing abilities. But I, I think that's... Um, it's what you do with those abilities. I might actually say that it's a, it, it comes from... It's a matter of a culture that comes from different traditions. I think the, the idea of the hero as this incredibly capable person is very much a pagan um, idea of heroism. And the idea of the hero as a selfless person who sacrifices is uh, a Christian idea. Our culture comes from a mix of pagan and Christian influences mm -hmm. here in uh, the northwest of Europe. And I think that's why we have these two ideas of what heroism means. Okay, that's interesting. No, I think maybe, maybe that might account for the fact that we have this sort of dual idea of what a hero is. Hmm. And and uh, and therefore, you know, um, some heroes are super capable, and others are just ordinary. Um, I, I'm I'm still I'm trying to think of an example of a hero who is below average in capability. There M must be one. Maybe Forrest Gump. You might say maybe he's sort of. But then there's always something that they have. Forrest Gump can run really fast, or. You know, he's just, he's a he's really nice guy. He's a flash. He's a flash, It's, you know, a hero who is, who doesn't really have any capabilities. Maybe That's the hard. dude, but he's not a hero, he's just a loser. I, the dude is not a hero, no. no. <laughs> so if, if, you, if you've got an example of that, I'd be very interested. Yeah, leave it in the comments. I'm very curious. Too. There must be. There must be. Even if you take Bastion in the Neverending Story, who is kind of, you know, he's a pudgy boy and uh, he gets picked on by the other kids, but he's got one thing: he's got his imagination. Right, that's yeah. his superpower. So. Yeah. So there's always something. So ability, I guess, does have something to do with it. Yeah, I think um, we started off saying that not every protagonist is a hero, but the hero is often the protagonist. So I would say that you cannot really feel or feel for the protagonist or identify with it with him or her if there are really no decent or good qualities about. The character. That's true. That's so there, true. there must be something admirable. Yeah. Something Even in the case of Frodo, um, he does have a sort of his his ability. I guess would would be that he is that he just he's willing to to go through all of this. That he's he's got that incredible courage and perseverance. Yeah. Um, even though he doesn't really have any other special abilities. He's innocent and he's yeah. he's compassionate as well. Uh, he's he shows extraordinary resilience through the evil of the ring, and that's that's the Hobbit's ability, I guess. Um, right. So there's always something. 
What I can't believe is that we managed to get through this whole episode without mentioning Luke Skywalker, who is sort of the the archetypal example of the hero's uh, journey. Of the hero's journey, yeah. Yeah, right. I, Luke Skywalker is a good example of someone who who's got all of the elements of a hero, and in fact, at the end of Return of the Jedi, he throws away his weapon and you know submits himself to the the evil lightning bolts of the emperor in order to make his father change his mind and choose for him never i'll never turn to the dark side you failed your highness i am a jedi like my father before me. So be it, Jedi. You can't just say, oh, that was a calculated risk. No, that's... I, I say that was love. Yeah. That was sacrifice. So, um, that's a nice note to end on, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So, next week we'll be back with a new episode, uh, as always. We hope you've enjoyed this one. If you want to support us, you can do that in so many ways, most of which are, you know, completely free. Um, you can uh, leave us a review on iTunes. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can like our YouTube channel. You can subscribe to our podcast. You can uh, tweet about us. You can spread some Facebook stuff about us. Visit our website. You can... <laughs> Visit our Bandcamp page, you can... There's so much stuff you can do, it's ridiculous. And please, if you have uh, any additions to this podcast, we're really uh, interested in your opinion, uh, things you might add to our podcast episode today. So please leave all your thoughts in the comments. Yeah, and uh, with that, we bid you a very fond farewell. Well, not really farewell, just... See you next week! <laughs>